into the contest. It's Friday the 31st of December, New Year's Eve, ladies and gents, and welcome to Afternoon Sports. Shadwick here, last day filling in for Tim Gilbert. He'll be back in 2022 to join you, of course, Shane Lee, who's here. Shane, actually, before we get into the sport today, um, I saw a video online the other day of your brother, uh, Brett, Bowling out some poor person on the street. What happened there? Well, that's my nephew. That's Preston, his son. Um, mm. It was the Lee family Christmas yesterday due to the fact that we were in Melbourne with Lorraine's family and uh, Brett's been commentating. So we had the Lee family Christmas yesterday. It always ends in a game of backyard cricket, mate, has over the years. And uh, mum and dad came out, my brother Grant and his wife Christina and Brett and Lana. And uh, yeah, big game of cricket at the front of my place. And I can hardly move today, mate. <laughs> my, my ribs are so sore. I feel like I've been shot in the butt. Anyway, but um, yeah, it was good fun. But uh, yeah, it was a good video, wasn't it? Yeah, but he doesn't pull any punches just because it's a family Christmas. Like No, never, mate. No. They full pre- pace? Pre- Preston was batting well. I think he was on 100 and Brett decided no more of that and ripped his middle stump out. So you can check that out on uh, I'm at Lunch with Lee Instagram. It's a, it's a really good video. Uh, hey, we still have our uh, charity auction running as well for the Cooper Rice Braiding Foundation. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff on there. A golf day with Benji Marshall is there as well. So you can find out more and have a bid at afternoonsport.com forward slash auction today on the show we have to chat cricket we'll also get into some predictions for 2022 plus a whole bunch more Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care, targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. All right, let's uh, kick things off with cricket this morning. Uh, look, the Ashes, a few days away before they head to Sydney, but we were almost without Steve Smith. But we were, mate. Yeah, he was stuck in a lift for, for almost an hour, which would be a long time for Steve Smith, I'm sure. Um, I'm not sure he had his, if he had his bat in there and a ball. Maybe he could give himself a few throwdowns against the wall. But, uh, yeah, no, I think he's fine and he'll be right for the Sydney test. Uh, he's out of that lift. Thank goodness. Mate, I got stuck in a lift once before as well um, in Darwin years ago. They had this big blackout. Um, where like all the power across Darwin went out for like, I think it was about a day's worth and I was going down a lift out of my apartment at the time and uh, my housemate and I was stuck in a lift for like an hour and a half. I tell you, it's a stressful experience. Mate, it is and uh, particularly (laughs) I'm claustrophobic so that would be a horrible experience for me but um, yeah, Steve Smith's out there. I remember uh, my brother Brett also got stuck in a lift once but – I may have been holding the door locked from the outside. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I feel like this is another conspiracy by the uh, English cr- English cricket team. They're trying to knock out our cricketers. That's it, mate. To make sure that they can try and get a few next year. <laughs> next year. Uh, look, uh, we'll stick with it as well. India, the attack was too good against South Africa just the other night. Yeah, who would have thought a test match going five days, uh, India versus South <laughs> Africa. Um, India uh, bowling South Africa out in the last day. Look, it, uh, I think South Africa is something like 300 and and 14 runs to win. They were bowled out for 191. Uh, 
both Boomer and, and Shammy taking three wickets each. And, uh, yeah, a really good test win there for India. There you go. And the BBL, a bit of disappointment for Scorchers and Stars fans that were looking forward to a match because uh, the game was called off hours before the first ball. Yep, due to our first COVID case in the Big Bash. So, yeah, that match called off, being postponed. Um, so they'll be sort of scurrying around now to try and reschedule that one. But, uh, yeah, obviously disappointment, particularly this time of year for, for families who are going out. And it's it's a really, really good day out of the Big Bash. And, um, you know, it's good value for families. I think it's 100 bucks for four people can go out and watch it. So that would have been disappointing for some young kids who may have been going out to watch that match. Yeah, exactly. It would have been a, a bit of a shame. But I guess we'll have to wait and see when they're going to reschedule it and whatnot for the BBL. Mm. But this is the challenge that's facing everyone at the moment, mate. That's it, mate. Uh, look, let's uh, have a look at uh, football, soccer, that is. Uh, the mm-hmm. FFA Cup, um, we had the Gold Coast Knights versus Melbourne Victory. Now, this is, well, I love the FFA Cup. I think it's a great little project that goes around um, Australia. But how's about this situation? Scott McDonald, former Socceroo, <laughs> um, and it seems like the coach as well, subs himself on during an FFA Cup match? I've never heard of this. I remember Jeff Lawson, who was our New South Wales coach, uh, had to field due to about four injuries. Um, and that was pretty funny seeing the coach go out there in the old cricket whites. But yeah, Socceroo, uh, former Socceroo, Scott McDonald, Celtic forward, decided to sub himself on. It was, it was one all the time, Gold Coast versus Melbourne victory. Brought himself on, they lost the match. So <laughs> I'm not quite sure he's done the, a, a good job either as coach or player there. <laughs> it is unreal. <laughs> that is shocking. <laughs> hey, look, stay with us because after this short break, we'll be chatting about the tennis, the Winter Olympics, which is in a little bit of trouble mm. right if you've uh, been watching the news, and some predictions for 2022. All right, let's turn ourselves to tennis because there's been a lot happening in the lead-up to the Australian Open, especially with COVID as well, affecting a lot of the people on the draw. And a French Open runner-up, um, you love saying her name here, uh, <laughs> Shano, so uh, has also revealed her COVID-19 diagnosis. So what was the name against your favourite player? Her name is Anastasia Pavlenchova. That's definitely not it. No. <laughs> Pavlenchenko, okay. that's her name. That's her, Anastasia Pavlenchenkova. So, yep, and, but she's uh, had to pull out you to... Can you spell it? Uh, P-A-V-L-Y-C-H-E-N-K-O-V-A. There you go. <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> Just off the top of my head, uh, written down in front of me here. But, um, look, she's had to pull out due to COVID, uh, but also fellow Russians, uh, Rublev, um, Karasev and uh, Donskay have also had to pull out due to COVID. So they're falling like flies, mate. Yeah, it's looking a bit grim, although, I mean, positive news, Nadal said that he's training. He's back after... After his, uh, after his diagnosis and he's hitting some balls around, he's feeling a bit better. So, I mean, we could be seeing him. Yeah, and that could be a really, really big driver um, for Novak Djokovic to, uh, to get his act together and get out here because, as we know, those players are all sort of tied up around 20 um, championships each. And uh, mm. I know they want to be going ahead. I know Novak Djokovic wants to become the greatest of all time, but he needs to show up for that to happen. Yeah, and I, to be honest, I feel like Novak's not going to ever be considered the greatest of all time because he's no. so unlikable. Yeah, he is. He's not. It's uh, one of the hardest parts, isn't it? Because really, stat wise, he probably already should be. Yeah, he should be. Considered but, probably the greatest of all time. Yeah, we'll just ask him. <laughs> but uh, he's not the type of guy you invite over for a barbecue, is he? No, no, definitely not. Um, let's let's have a look <laughs> at the Aussie Open because I mean that is the next big thing on the cards. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, we have got a, a smaller draw. Things are dropping a little bit. Who do you think we should be looking out for? Maybe who's going to take it out next year? Oh, I'd love to think Ash Barty's a, a big chance um, in the women's side of things. And mm-hmm. look, 
She's got obviously come against Naomi Osaka, who's the defending champion, and back here after a, a four-month hiatus. Um, in the men's side, oh, you'd have to go down between Zerev um, and Novak, obviously, if he plays. He's just a, a winner on the court. Uh, Nadal, if he gets fit, obviously will be up there again. But, um, yeah, Zerev, I think, will, will be the, the, the smoky. Also, Sitsipas, too, the, the, the Greek, I think, is also a very good chance. You really think Sitsipas has a chance? I don't know if Sitsipas is as good as people try to claim he is. No, I, I think he do. He's, he's got a very, very good game. Um, the, the hard courts suit him. Um, he can get to the net, uh, mm. depending on how big the server is. And, and Zerev is a massive server, the German, so he doesn't really let the guys come into the net. But, uh, yeah, Sitsipas, I think, with a big Greek follower, too down in Melbourne. They have a lot of support behind him. That's true. I, I'll give you a crazy prediction. Um, yep. I, I agree. I think that if there's if there was ever a year for Ash Barty to win the Aussie Open, I think this is the year um, yeah, I agree. for her to do it. Um, but in the men's draw, I, th- I think the way it looks at the moment with Nadal training, I think he's pretty much a shoe in he's going to be playing. Wow, okay. Um, so I, I would say, number one, top of the list, Rafael Nadal to win it. Mm-hmm. But here's my cheeky one. I think that Nick Kyrgios could possibly get a run to the final. Look, I'd love to see it. He, he is an absolute ratings um, uh, genius. Uh, whenever he plays, mm. <laughs> whether he wins or he loses, uh, people turn on the television. So I know the Australian Open will be looking for big ratings when he plays. They always put the night games on mm. uh, for him. But uh, you look, you never know. He's been training hard in Canberra. I think this is a draw that could good, you could get a good run. If there's only one of the big dogs in there... Yeah, he just he just um, he just needs to learn how to win from a defensive position. He's he's a great yeah. front runner, um, but he well he doesn't like playing long points. That's his biggest problem. Yeah. He doesn't like playing long points, yeah. and the other people know that when they play him, you've just got to keep the ball in court. That's why him and Nadal is such an interesting battle because it's like that's right. Nadal plays long points, and he doesn't go that bad against Nadal. But he seems to play one of the things that annoys you about Kyrgios is when he plays someone really good. He steps it up and he goes mm. up a level. And then when he plays someone he's supposed to beat, he almost plays half-hearted and he loses. Yeah, it's like he gets bored, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like I'm, I'm hoping that with a little bit of well, – he also really hates Novak Djokovic. And I'm like he would love – the things that drive him are different to other players. He's yeah. very spiteful. And I think if there's an opportunity to try and win something to rub into other people's faces, that's enough motivation for him to get to. This is my prediction. He makes it to the, to the semi. Yeah, well, He's one game short of the final. The things that drive Burn Atomic 2 are very different too. It's normally a shit hotted up Commodore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Churning Motorsport now, Daniel Ricciardo. Snubbed by F1 team bosses in the top 10 drivers list. I don't know. I feel like this might have been granted. Well, he came eighth overall in the championship, but uh, every year the team principals nominate their best drivers. Um, it's a, a point system, so 25 points for a first place. And Dan Ricciardo did win a Grand Prix this year, uh, right down to one point for 10. Um, so he finished outside uh, the top 11. Um, Max Verstappen winning on 213 points to Lewis Hamilton, 192. Yeah, Ricardo was out of the top 10. So he's not really favoured uh, with the principles. If you think about that, that's where your next drive is going to come from, isn't it? Mm. So, so not, not great for him. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. Uh, but what's something that is potentially good news for Paddy Mills' Brooklyn Nets, maybe not great news for Paddy himself, is uh, Kyrie Irving is uh, set to come back to the net side after being out for obviously COVID protocols because he is uh, he's unvaccinated and the NBA rules are restricted to the rules of the state you're in. So for New York, he's not allowed to even turn up to the facility. That's correct, yeah. Um, so they have, they have been on an indefinite suspension. 
along with the loss of money that he's been dealing with. But it looks like he's set to return now because the Nets are losing players every left, right and centre to play mostly away games. But he did an interview recently saying that he's um, grateful to be back at training, but he didn't realise the consequences of refusing to get the vaccine. That seems a bit ridiculous. It was pretty straightforward. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Maybe should have read the fine, fine print here. Uh, <laughs> But look, look. I think look, it's fair enough. He's an anti-vaxer. Um, it's costing a lot of money. But as you said, uh, they're falling like flies over there. So he's going to come back in. And under the New York City vaccine mandate, as you said, that you cannot play any home games. So I suppose I'll pick and choose when to use him on the road. Pretty much. And I think, look, he is a great player. Um, there's yep. no denying that Kyrie Irving's a great player. But, I mean, you've got to even think, even this process of getting him back on the court, as soon as they took him off the COVID list for an away game, he went and got himself put back on it because he was exposed again. So I'm a little bit concerned. Right. He lasted all but three hours before he was put back on the COVID <laughs> list. So for mine, I'm a little bit worried. And my worry is that I don't know if he will. he doesn't fully respect the rules Entirely, mm. and we could it could potentially derail our season by going and just flaunting the rules and getting COVID again, and then next thing you know, you've spread it through the team. So yeah, which would be a disaster, wouldn't it? I'm yep. interested because yeah, he only got into NBA COVID protocols a day after they announced that he was returning, which meant he was limited in practice again. So okay. it'll be interesting to see when he returns, how long he's on the court for. Here's a bold prediction that's not that bold. I reckon he'll last all but two or three games, and he'll be back in the protocols again. There you go, mate. <laughs> it doesn't matter Very to me, though, because Paddy Mills is the best point guard they've got at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into a couple more predictions uh, as well, Shano, before we go. Um, 2022 is going to be a big year for NRL and AFL. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's been so much movement, especially in the NRL where we'll start. So many players have changed. They're all going over, all over the place. What do you think? Who's going to make it to the top? Don't say St. George. I've got no hope. No, St. George, I've got no hope. I think at the top <laughs> of the, the the field this year, it'll be Penrith again with the Roosters. I think those mm-hmm. two teams have recruited well um, and they've got a really, really good, strong system around them. I, th- I think Manly and Parramatta will be very similar to last year. I think their improvements and, and, and they'll perform in the big games. I think Melbourne and Southwood will be the two teams that come off the most. Yeah, you reckon? You reckon they're yeah. going to drop off the most? Yeah, I do. I think Melbourne for the first time are in a lot of trouble. Um, they've got an aging sort of, uh, you know, player base. So look, I just think that uh, with what's going on with players leaving over the next year, um, they're going to be a little bit disrailed. I think. Okay, how about this? Who do you think that didn't make the eight will make the eight next year? Because there's always a changeover. Um, so we're talking, you know, we've got South, we've got uh, the Cowboys, the Warriors. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of teams there, obviously. So we've got, look, I'll give you the list. Bulldogs, Cowboys, Broncos, Tigers, Warriors, Dragons, Raiders, Sharks, all missed the top eight. Yep. Which one of those teams or, or a couple do you think will take the spots I, I in think, the eight? I, I think I think the Sharks will. I think with Fitzgibbon, they'll be gritty, um, determined that they're going to have uh, ups and downs. But I think generally, I think they, they might sneak into the top eight, the Sharks. That's, that's my prediction. Interesting. I think that the Raiders are actually going to drop further down the ladder. Okay. That's my big one. I think the Raiders will actually fall even further down and it'll be Ricky Stewart will be a lot of heat on his lot of hot bums the next year will be Ricky Stewart, <laughs> I think, in the coaching circles. I think the Warriors will have a little bit of a chance next year. Okay. I think there their recruitment's go. actually been pretty impressive. I'm not saying that because I'm a bit of a Warriors fan, but for the first time in a long time, they seem to have recruited quite well. I don't rate the Sean Johnson recruiting, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. say that, but the, I feel like that's a team that could potentially a little bit more stability. They've chosen a solid home for the first half of the year, then they go back to New Zealand in the second half of the year. So, I don't know, I think they could be a little bit of a cheeky one. Will but you be- don't think the Broncos are going to get helped by Adam Reynolds? 
no, I don't think so, mate. And I, I just don't, I can't see it with, with their coach and I can't see it with, with some of the players they got in, in and around, particularly the, the forwards, mate. I just don't see them being, having an effect at all on, on the competition what, next that's year. That's another, that's another yeah. hot bum. You want to talk about the two hottest Ooh, bums in rugby yeah. league next year. It's going to be Ricky Stewart and Ke- Kevy. Kevy. Kevy's going to have a very hot seat. Yeah, for next year. <laughs> you <laughs> it's going to be rough. Uh, <laughs> AFL, though, now. Um, mm. I'm a Carlton fan, a loose Carlton fan. Yep. Um, for obvious reasons, because they're awful. Um, we'll do the same thing again. Who do you think is going to be the person to watch for next uh, season? Uh, another boring prediction here, but Melbourne and the Bulldogs are going to be up there once again. Uh, they've got two fantastic squads who are young. Uh, Melbourne, the way they played in that grand final, they're going to go from strength to strength. Uh, I think the Swans will perform well, depending on how many COVID cases they get. Um, the biggest performer next year will be North Melbourne, um, who really, really struggled. They got the number one draft pick, this kid who was playing senior football at 17. Mm. Apparently, he's got, uh, for an 18-year-old, he's got the body of a, a 26-year-old man, and he'll slot straight into that team and make a massive difference Wow, North Melbourne Football Club. Yeah, so that, that'll be the biggest mover next year, I think. Okay, big Predictions, yep. all right, nice. Yep. You don't think the Brizzy Lions are going to have another crack at getting just close enough and then losing again? <laughs> yeah, I think well, pretty much. And I think uh, maybe Kevin Walden might wind up coaching them the <laughs> following year. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, look, New Year's Eve. That is our afternoons for New Year's Eve. You've got an interesting story about a New Year's Eve tradition. Well, let's just say it was a tradition up to two thousand. Uh, a very good mate of mine, a cricketer, Brad McNamara, who was the lead guitarist in the band Six and Out, our band. Okay. Um, I used to have a New Year's Eve party when I lived down at Cremorne Point um, due to the fact that we had fantastic viewing of, of the fireworks. Uh, Brad McNamara decided he would do a, a nudie run <laughs> every New Year's Eve and he would uh, place a, a spare set of clothes down by the water there at McCallum Pool, right on the harbour foreshore, where many families were having picnics and, <laughs> and celebrating the new year, new year in, but he'd hide his, his clothes there just in case um, he got lost. Unfortunately, this nudie run bringing in the millennium, he um, may have had one too, too many drinks <laughs> and he tripped over a family and landed landed face down oh into their picnic basket <laughs> and um, <laughs> let's just say their uh, French French onion dip had, had, had a couple of extra Jats crackers and a bit, bit of Cabanossi <laughs> stuck in it. <laughs> and the dad chased him up um, up the road. He couldn't get his um, – couldn't find where he's hidden his spare clothes <laughs> and, he, and he returned to the apartment about – I think it was about an hour later covered in French dip and – uh, yeah, we hit him inside, and he's never done never done a nudie run since. Well, that's it for afternoon sport today. That's it for afternoon sport for 2021. Uh, back on Monday, Tim Gilb will be back on deck as well. So make sure you hit follow and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And a big thanks as always to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors in Main Haircare. It's M A N E Main Haircare. And of course, Happy New Year to everyone. Tim Gilbert, of course, like I said, will be back. Well, no more me. He's back finally after his big holiday in the greatest state of all Queensland. Uh, we'll see you next year. See Shadow. Hey, Shad, thanks for filling in, mate. Been fantastic. No dramas, mate. A pleasure. And Happy New Year, everyone. Take care. We'll see you, uh, see you on next year and uh, on Monday. Take care, guys. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. 
Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back.